Welcome to Audiobook Test Drive. In today's episode, we are featuring the prologue of Out of Control, a Gloria Morris murder mystery written by G.R. Browda. Gloria Morris is a respected private detective with an explosive sense of honor who cherishes frisky ladies, reads Poe and Twain, believes in justice, and kicks a lot of ass. Her investigation into the disappearance of a popular and notorious seductress whose pervasive presence affects the lives of two compelling women takes her to San Francisco's sexual underground and the discovery of treasonous political intrigue. She is assisted by the missing woman's roommate and lover, Clarissa, and together they engage in a cat-and-mouse scenario with a powerful femme fatale who is Gloria's chief suspect. It turns out that searching for the missing beauty is only one of the problems they encounter. During the course of her investigation, Gloria meets an astonishing lady and begins a life-changing romance. But will this new relationship benefit her work or deliver her to danger? And now for your listening pleasure, an excerpt from Out of Control. Later that evening, she sashayed up and wildly kissed her on the mouth. Gloria was in an accommodating mood. She returned the kiss, then bit the femme's lower lip, relishing the blood. The lady was moaning in the heat when they hightailed it upstairs. Five years earlier, through the twilight of a winter evening, when the blue fog provides solitude and security, Gloria Morris was strolling south on Polk Street after enjoying a savory Chinese meal. She had followed her appetite for Chinese food into every nook and cranny of San Francisco, and in a little dive near the edge of the Polk Gulch had hit the jackpot. Fried shrimp patties served hot and crispy, and lightly basted with a scrumptious blend of oyster sauce, sesame seed oil, and minced fresh ginger root, all garnished with chopped green onions. But now, growls and whimpers emanating from a narrow roadway interrupted her contentment. Cedar Street, linking Polk and Larkin, reeked from rotting refuse and old cooking oil from two nearby greasy spoons. Broken glass mixed with gravel caused its uneven surface to sparkle. Always curious, Gloria squinted in as she passed. The stabbing headlights of passing cars filtered through the fog and produced dancing shadows on the colorful murals which covered the brick and wooden facades of the buildings. A man was clutching a young woman by the hair, urging her head back while forcing her to kneel. He was leaning over and snarling with a rough, guttural voice, his spittle flying into her face. Her arms were flailing about, and she was sobbing. The sidewalks on Polk were dark and empty, except for a derelict junkie a block away. Gloria nodded and smiled. She crunched down cedar and stopped ten feet from the struggling pair. She called out in a friendly manner. How you doing, Bo? The man looked up and frowned, unhappy with the interruption. Standing, he shoved the woman down and faced Gloria Morris. He was not tall, 
short and wide. A pit bull of a man, dressed in a black double-breasted with narrow white vertical stripes, a black shirt, and a white tie. A white handkerchief splayed from the breast pocket, and a sweat-stained ash-gray fedora covered his head down to his ferocious black eyebrows. His burnished brogues were the color of beef gravy. He was swarthy and would always need a shave. A funk of hot fat and old sweat permeated the air around him. How you doing, Bo? Gloria repeated, then smiled. She looked good, calm and mellow and under control, standing lightly on the balls of her feet, arms relaxed, staring the man in the eye. Pitbull glowered and took a threatening step forward. He was a bully, but unsure how to play out this scene. Then Gloria cocked her head and said, Won't you go home now, Bo, and coax your cojones. I'll be taking this chick with me. The man's face became expressionless, his eyes unblinking. He did not like being challenged by a woman. He reached into his right jacket pocket and withdrew an object. A meaty thumb jerked. The six-inch blade flicked open. Gloria's smile broadened, crinkling the corners of her eyes. Exhaling slowly, silently. Suddenly, a blur, a blaze of action. Slowed down, it went like this. Pitbull glided forward to within cutting range, then lunged and stabbed straight at Gloria's throat. It was a good attack, perfected by success. Gloria stepped back with her right foot sideways to the assault. She bent her left arm and raised it in front of her body, with forearm vertical and palm open, fingers together and slightly bent. Quick as a praying mantis, she struck the man's throat with the edge of her left hand, fracturing the larynx. His eyes bulged and his arms sagged. Gloria cupped the man's wrist with her right hand and struck her left palm against the elbow, snapping it like a dry turkey wishbone. The scream carried several blocks. The knife clattered to the pavement. Sweeping the damaged arm to her left, she faced the injured man and punched with her right fist two inches below where the ribs joined the sternum. She struck with power and purpose, an oitsuki strike, with the first two knuckles twisting at the moment of impact, screwing their way into her attacker. She envisioned punching through Pitbull's chest. Her fist almost reached his spine. Pitbull looked up at Gloria with wonder and amazement. He attempted to speak when his eyes rolled upward, knees buckled, and he collapsed, clawing at his chest with desperate fingers. His mouth opened wide, then a gush of blood flooded the roadway, the rivulets flashing red to black, black to scarlet, and the stabbing headlights of passing cars. The young woman was on her feet and attempted to bolt, but Gloria grabbed her waist and spun her back. How you doing, honey? She gently clasped the woman's shoulder, needing to calm her. He hurt you? Not this time. She glanced at the sprawled body and gagged. Is he... dead? Yeah. Gloria smiled. Take it easy. What's your name? Olivia. She was steady on her feet now, looking at Gloria. You'll be fine, Olivia. Just fine. 
Gloria stroked the young woman's arms. The snap of the breaking elbow and Pitbull's scream had attracted several people, including the junkie, who turned out to be an undercover narc. Gloria and Olivia were taken into custody. Olivia Jenkins was the only witness to the fight. She was new to this neighborhood and working the streets. One of her regulars was an attorney named Sheridan Bannon. She made her call from the Hall of Justice, and he arrived 15 minutes later. The district attorney didn't want to tangle with Bannon, as the result could mean the end of his career. Any possible charges against her were never discussed. The legal proceedings concerning Gloria lasted less than a week. The coroner and the assistant DA were skeptical that such massive damage to Pitbull's chest, as evidenced from his autopsy, could result from only one strike and not repeated blows with a weapon. The only weapon found at the scene was the knife, covered in the decedent's prints with traces of dried blood on the hinge. The blood was subsequently matched to a recently eviscerated Jane Doe, stumbled upon by two high school track athletes out for an early morning jog in the panhandle. The police knew the man and were grateful at his passing, the world being better off with one less sadistic pimp. Olivia's testimony at the preliminary hearing supported the ruling of self-defense. Gloria Morris walked. During that week, Bannon had lengthy discussions with Gloria, her intellect and sense of honor making indelible impressions on him. She kept things simple. She had instinctively wanted to protect Olivia and considered a person like Pitbull worthless. As Bannon explained to the city's chief of police years later, Gloria doesn't care from legal. Her thoughts were more bound by justice than Einstein's by mathematics. Her fighting skills were apparent. Sheridan Bannon, one of the most influential and connected men in the San Francisco Bay Area, a player on the highest level, hired her on the spot. Gloria always remembered that fight. The details sharpened with time. It had been perfect, a brazen display of speed and focus. She had killed before and consequently acquired a taste for blood. She needed the action, the movement, and the rhythm of the kill. But this fight had been different. It had not been for the amusement or self-defense, because the motive was honorable and the outcome had value, saving the young woman. The entire experience was exhilarating. These memories and thoughts intrigued her, and she often mused on the dynamics of life, how life evolves and accelerates, growing from strength to strength, and the changes in her life surging from strength to power. We hope you enjoyed listening to this sample chapter from Out of Control. If you would like to hear the entire audiobook, it can be purchased at Amazon.com, Audible.com, and iTunes.com.